Hi, this is Walter Montero, and you're listening to this week's edition of the Real Estate and Mortgage Show. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Real Estate Mortgage Show. I'm laughing a little bit because this is my third take on doing this uh, this week's episode. It's episode 44. And anyway, I had a few interruptions. I wanted to give you a nice recording so you don't put up with, you know, all the phones ringing and me spitting and stuttering all over the place. Anyway, this week's topic is all about conditional offers. Okay, so I just want to address a couple things about conditional offers so you're clear on how that process works. So when somebody makes an offer on a property, they have the option of making the offer cash, so unconditional. Okay, which of course wouldn't apply to this week's topic, which means, you know, if the offer is accepted, then the deal is firm and binding, there's a deposit given, you know, and the deal is done. Okay, now, in today's environment, that's typically not the case around here. I understand in the GTA market, it happens all day, every day. But in our little market here in Cambridge, Kitchener-Waterloo, most offers are conditional on financing and inspection and sometimes insurance. Okay, so when you have an offer that you accept with those conditions, those conditions are usually anywhere from five to seven days long. Okay, five banking days, seven days. Sometimes they try and sneak in seven banking days. There's really no no need to go any longer than that. By the same token, it's also prudent not to make it any shorter than that either. Because quite honestly, the lending institutions today with all the new rules that they've put in with regards to mortgage financing, it can be a little bit cumbersome for the underwriters to try and get the deal done faster than five days. So please, you know, keep that in mind when you're writing up offers. All right. But they're typically five banking days long. Now, so that that means that the buyer has five to seven days to satisfy those conditions. At the end of that period, if the buyer does not satisfy those conditions, then the deal is null and void and the deposit is returned in full to the buyer. Okay. If they do run into a situation where the lender has asked for more time, if the seller, if the seller wants to give more time, then they give what's called an extension. And that's usually done by way of an amendment to the agreement. Okay, but the seller doesn't necessarily have to do that. They can if they want to. Okay, and then of course, the third option is that the buyer signs notice of fulfillment of condition and the deal is done. So they fulfill the conditions and, and you're, you've got a firm and binding contract. Okay, now the offer, a lot of times people think, well, you know, if an offer, if a property has an offer conditional on whatever, then they can bump it with their own offer. And that's not necessarily the case. You can, but it's only if the offer has what's called an escape clause accompanied with the conditions. Now, escape clauses are typically not used with conditions on financing, inspection, and insurance. They're used with conditions on sale of property. So conditional on the sale of the buyer's property. So if the buyer has a property to sell, they usually put in a condition on them being able to sell that property within a 30 or 60 day period. And because the condition is so long, that's why they put that escape clause in there so that the seller isn't tied up waiting, wondering if this thing is going to sell or not. Because really it's not binding until the conditions are waived. So it comes accompanied with what's called an escape clause. The escape clause allows the seller to, to continue to offer the property for sale. And in the event that he finds another buyer that wants to buy the property, then he notifies the first buyer and says, hey, I've got another buyer, I've accepted a second offer, and now you've got 24 or 48 hours to, you know, put a dime in the phone or get out of the booth. Okay. Now, that time period is specified in the agreement. And those time periods, by today's standards, shouldn't be any more than 24 to 48 hours long. 
40, even at 48 hours to me already is already too long. It should be no more than 24 hours. All right. Hey, folks, it's Walter Montero. Just a quick interruption to this week's show. We all know that real estate is a great investment, but wouldn't it be nice to harness the power of that great investment with your RSP? Well, you can. Your RSP portfolio is not just for stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. You can use your RSP to invest in private mortgages. Private mortgages are secured against real property. In our current market, they can yield as high as 14 to 16% return. How does that stand up to what your current RSP portfolio is doing now? To learn more about RSP Mortgage Investing, go to rrspmortgageinvestor.com. That's rrspmortgageinvestor.com. Let me show you how you can turn your RSP portfolio into a money magnet. That's rrspmortgageinvestor.com. Now back to the show. And then if the first buyer does waive his condition, then the second buyer is out. If the first buyer doesn't waive his condition, then the second buyer gets it. Okay, but that's on condition of sale of property with escape clauses. So a lot of people ask, well, if you got an escape clause in a conditional sale of property, why don't you have a conditional or an escape clause on financing and inspection? Well, typically we don't use those. And the reason is because those conditions are typically only five to seven days long. So the conditions are short. So that the need, the necessity for an escape clause is, is, is almost non-existent. Okay. Furthermore, when a buyer does make an offer like that, it usually comes accompanied with costs. So they're going to pay for a home inspection. They may or may not have to pay for an appraisal. So they're going to be out of pocket in order to be able to satisfy these conditions. They don't want to go through that expense if they know they're going to be bumped out by a second offer, you know, a day or two after their offer is accepted. They don't typically do that. Can it happen? Yeah. But I can tell you more often than not, I have I can tell you in my own career, I have never seen an escape clause in a financing and inspection offer. Now, what you can do if you are the second buyer that you come in contact with a house that already has a conditional offer on it, you can still make an offer on that property. Okay. Now, I know a lot of agents will deter you from making an offer on that property. And the reason is... Okay, before I get into the reason, I'm going to tell you that you can do it and how you can do it. So you make the offer, you make your second offer, but then you put in a condition into your agreement that it's conditional on the seller being released from the first offer. Okay, and you have to usually, you know, stage that out usually a day after the, the condition, the first condition is up. Okay, so if the first offer has got a conditional on financing for five to seven days, then you need to make your condition, you know, uh, six to eight days long. Okay, so it gives the seller enough time to get out of the first deal before he goes ahead and, and accepts, you know, makes yours firm and binding. Okay, now the only thing you have to keep in mind here is if you do that, you take your you take yourself out of the marketplace for the length of the time of the condition so let's say today just let's use today as an example today is july the 7th okay if you make an offer on a property today and it's got a conditional offer on it already accepted till say let's say july the 10th then what you've got to do is you got to make your offer conditional until july the 11th upon the seller being released from the first offer now but here's what happens here. For the next five days, or yeah, the next five days, you're out of the marketplace because you have to wait 
to make sure that you didn't end up with the house that you made an offer on. Because if you do go ahead and make an offer on another property tomorrow, you could end up getting stuck with two houses. So the only danger in making an offer conditional on the seller being released from the prior offer, you take yourself out of the marketplace. So tomorrow, the house of your dream comes up and you, you want it and you think, well, geez, you know, I, I'm only got a conditional offer on the other place. You really can't act on it until you know that the first offer came together or not. I hope you get what I'm saying there. Anyway, so that's that's basically the makeup of conditional offers. And I uh, hope that clarifies things a little bit. Next week, we're, we're going to stick on offers a little bit because, you know, the mechanics of them can be a little bit complicated. And uh, next week, we're going to talk about um, irrevocable times and, and deposits. And, uh, and if we have time, we'll even talk about uh, HST as well. Okay, hope. Uh, you found this week's show informative have any questions about this particular topic feel free to call me at the office 519-624-9222 have yourself a great week thanks again for listening to this week's episode of the real estate mortgage show if you have any real estate questions please direct them to me at 519-624-9222 or walter at maximumresults.ca or you can find me online at www.cambridgehouses.com If your interests are in mortgages, please feel free to call 519-624-9222 or email Karen at Karen at MaximumResults.ca or you can find her online at www.m as in Mary, R as in Roger, financial.ca. Thanks again for listening and I hope you have a great week.